Welcome to the Greater Is God podcast, where we believe God is greater than what you have faced in your past, greater than what you are currently facing in your present, and greater than what you will face in the future, where we believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Stay tuned as we get prepared to dive into a brand new episode. Thank you for tuning in to season two, episode three of the Greater is God podcast. I am your host, Ashley Dillard, and thank you all so much for taking the time to tune in today. I really appreciate you guys. Everyone who shows up for this podcast sends messages, sends words of encouragement. You guys have no idea how it helps me. Um, and I just really appreciate it. So right now, as I'm recording this episode, it's Thursday, March 3rd at 2.53 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, I'm recording this episode after I just got done praying um, and I felt like the Lord was um, putting it on my heart to record the episode right now. And so this is the season of extreme obedience. We cannot afford to not be obedient to Christ in this season. So I just want to encourage you, whatever it is that God is calling you to do specifically, the time of putting it off has ended We must do what it is that God has called us to do in this season. It is that he has called us to do it because we know that his ways are not our ways, that he is sitting high and looking low and that he knows things that we don't know. He can see ahead of the road. So when God is asking you to do something, uh, it behooves you to do it uh, in the season and in the spirit that he tells you to do it. Um, So we're going to just dive into today's episode. Um, The Lord had begun to speak to me through nature quite a bit. Um, even when I was speaking and preaching in Japan back in 2017 and 2016, the Lord would always use examples of nature to speak to me. And this time is no different. I began this, uh, episode by studying trees. Like it's literally something that God had told me to say. I know it may be completely random, but I promise as I begin to break down this episode, you'll be able to understand why he had me do this. So, um, I began to study, uh, trees and the different seasons that a tree goes through because trees are one of the things that signal a season change, um, you know, in, in the physical world, in the natural world. So we look at trees and in the summertime, for example, um, trees are full of leaves and full of color. Um, and they have so much volume to them, but as a summer begins to end and we go into the month of fall, uh, trees have to adapt to the new climate that they're in, to the new atmosphere uh, that they're in. Um, There's been a shift in the atmosphere and now the weather is colder uh, and they don't have uh, as much of a supply as water as they do um, in different months. They don't have as much of a supply as of sun as they do in different months. So um, it says here, trees have a number of adaptations that allow them to survive during the winter. So we know in the wintertime, trees don't look that great. Um, a lot of trees lose all of their leaves during fall. So they're very bare. They're very naked and to the naked eye, someone who's young, someone who doesn't know that trees go through seasons, they may look at the tree, for example, my four year old son, and they may say, Oh, that tree's dead or that tree is in the process of dying. But what that tree is in the process of is surviving. And so, 
um, the first layer of the tree that we can physically see is the bark. So the bark, that acts like the tree's armor, that acts like the tree's protection, protecting it from diseases, storms, extreme temperatures. Um, and in the spirit, uh, we also have a protective layer. We also have um, the armor of God that the Lord has told us to put on, which is the breastplate of righteousness, which is, um, you know, the sandals of the gospel of peace, which is the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And when we don't have our armor on, we become susceptible to uh, different attacks from the enemy. So it's important for us to have our full armor of the Lord on at all times. Um, so as I continue to look at the trees and the things that it began to do, it says that the trees will enter into a state of dormancy. So a dor dormancy is a period of time in an organism's life cycle when growth, development, physical activity are temporarily stopped. So dormancy is when things, when normal physical functions are suspended or slowed down for a period of time so as and then it says even as if in a deep sleep so I was looking at that and then you know the Lord said I want you to go to Mark chapter 5 and in Mark chapter 5 starting at verse 21 I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation after Jesus returned from across the lake a huge crowd of people quickly gathered around him on the shoreline just then a man saw that it was Jesus. So he pushed through the crowd and threw himself down at his feet. His name was Jairus, a Jewish official who was in charge of the synagogue. He pleaded with Jesus saying over and over, please come with me. My little daughter is at the point of death and she's only 12 years old. Come and lay your hand on her and heal her and she will live. So he already had faith that if he had took this, this problem, this issue, his sick child, if he had uh, brought his um, sick child to Jesus, or if Jesus had come to his sick child, that this child would be healed. He had the faith that God is a God of healing. Immediately, Jesus went with him and the huge crowd followed, pressing in on him from all sides. Now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had had on her treatments, she was getting worse instead of better. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind and touched his prayer shawl. From, for she kept saying to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped and she knew for she could feel her body instantly being killed of disease. It's something how she tried to go to uh, doctors, which is something that we commonly do here, and which is something that I believe we should keep doing because God blesses doctors, but how he is the great physician himself. So she tried to go to as many doctors as she could, and she spent all of her money on various doctors uh, trying to get treated but the only one who could heal her is Jesus there are circumstances and situations in your life where you need to be like this woman desperate to teach to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus and now um, it says where two or more are gathered that the Lord is in the midst you know there are some things in your life that cannot be healed unless you get in the presence of God this is just like going to dwelling over doing this is just like divine collaboration we're going to continue to come back to this core message 
in this podcast, in this season, that you have to be in the presence of God. There is healing there. There are blessings there. There are miracles there. There are gifts there. There are um, generational curses being broken in that place, but you have to be in the presence of God. And it said, Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd saying, who touched me? His disciples answered, what do you mean who touched you? Look, this huge crowd, they're all pressing up against you. But Jesus's eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. So everyone was touching him, but not everyone was touching him with a purpose and an intent behind it with faith behind it to be healed. There's a lot of people who are praying without faith. They're praying and they're asking God to do things that they are not sure, or they don't believe that he can do, but I'm asking and I'm pleading with you on today to change that position, change your heart posture, know that whatever it is that you're going to God for, whatever it is that you're seeking God for, that he has the ability to change your entire situation with just a touch that he has the enti- the ability to change your life just by breathing on you. We have to go to prayer in anticipation that God is going to do what it is that only he can do, that he's going to bless you with what it is that you're seeking, what it is that you're asking for. But you have to have faith. You have to believe. And you also have to put in the work to back it up. So it says faith without works is dead. And so is works without faith is dead. You need the combination of them both. So we're going to keep reading. And it says, when the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him trembling with fear and threw herself down at his feet, saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what had just happened. Then Jesus said to her daughter, because you dare to believe your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from suffering. And before he had finished speaking, people arrived from Jairus' house and pushed through the crowd to give Jairus the news. There's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your daughter has died. I don't know about you, but how many people are around people who don't believe that God is who he says he is? You're in an environment with people. You're in an atmosphere with people. You have surrounded yourself with people who do not believe. And the Bible warns us of this. He says, do not be unequally yoked. And he tells us this um, because we can be persuaded. We could be persuaded to abandon our beliefs. And I know you think that you can't, but if you sit amongst people who do not believe in God for long enough, there is a possibility and a chance that you will start to stop believing as well. And this is something that's so important is to surround yourself around like-minded people around people who will lift you up, people who will go into prayer and intercede for you on your behalf, people who love you and want to see you have a close and connected relationship with God. So um, we're going to continue on. It says, so they left um, for his house. Oh, sorry, but Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. So they left for his home, but Jesus didn't allow anyone to go with him except Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John. When they arrived at the home, the synagogue ruler, they encountered a noisy uproar among the people, for they were all weeping and wailing. Upon entering the home, Jesus said to them, why all this grief and weeping? Don't you know the girl is not dead, but merely asleep? 
Then everyone began to ridicule and make fun of him, but he threw them all outside. So even the people who were in there wailing and weeping didn't believe that Jesus could do what it said that he could do, what he said he could do. Then he took the child's father and mother and his three disciples and went into the room where the girl was lying. He tenderly clasped the child's hand in his and in, and he said, wake up, wake up from your deep sleep and arise. Instantly, the 12 year old girl sat up, stood to her feet and started walking around the room. Everyone was overcome with astonishment in seeing this miracle and Jesus had them bring her to something to eat. And he cautioned them repeatedly that they were to tell no one about what happened. So there's so much that happened in that, that scripture. And this is not even the whole chapter of Mark. Um, God in chapter five is performing miracle after miracle after miracle. And this should be a testament that the same Jesus, the same God that was in that scripture, he can perform miracle after miracle after miracle for you today. If only you believe and that you don't yield to fear and that you don't yield to the discouragement of others. So um, as you can see, the title of today's episode is it's not dead, it's dormant. And the reason why I said that is because the little girl, even in chapter five, was in a state of dormancy. She wasn't dead. She was dormant. She was in a deep sleep. Her physical functions had temporarily suspended. And so she was in a state of dormancy. There are things that are down on the inside of you, gifts and talents that are not dead, but they're dormant. And they're dormant because you allow someone to come in and place seeds of discouragement. Your environment that you're in is not conducive to growth. So it slowed you down and it stopped you from doing and being all that God has called you to do and be. And what we need to do in this season, because God says he's raising things up from states of dormancy, just like he raised up the little girl in chapter five, he's saying it's time for you to write that book because the book that I gave you, it's not dead, it's dormant. And the word that I've sent out to you it shall be completed because God's word never returns void so that YouTube channel I told you to start it's not dead it's dorm- it's not dead it's dormant he said that that um TV show that I told you you were going to be on that dream that I placed down on the inside of you that vision that I've given you it's not dead it's dormant And it's dormant because of the environment. Trees enter into a state of dormancy in the winter when things are cold and the environment is not conducive to a tree's growth. You enter into a state of dormancy when the environment you're surrounded yourself by is an environment of discouragement, it's an environment of defeat, it's an environment of depression. And we have to learn how to raise ourselves up out of that and say, okay, Lord, I need you. Lord, grab me by the hand and raise me up. I don't want to be in a state of dormancy anymore. I don't want to be in, in a state, um, Lord, where I'm not moving forward anymore, where I'm just uh, sitting in one position. God, I know that you have the desire for me to do more. I know that you have given me gifts and talents, and I don't want those gifts and talents to lay dormant on the inside of me because there's someone out there that needs exactly what it is that you've given me. There's someone out there waiting on you to write that book. There's someone out there waiting on you to fulfill the vision that God has given you for your life. There's someone out there waiting for you to, um, you know, start that YouTube channel. There's someone out there waiting for you to start that business. But because you told someone in its infancy, oh, girl, I'm going to start a business. And they're like, well, how are you going to start a business? You didn't go to business school. How are you going to do that? And they started planting seeds of doubt in your mind. And instead of going full-fledged towards what it is that God has called you to do, you slipped into a season of dormancy. But what God is saying right now is no more. 
You can't afford to be dormant any longer. Someone is waiting on you. Your children are waiting for you to take your rightful place. Your, your, your children are waiting for you to go after your, go after what it is that God has called you to go after full fledged. Your grandchildren, even if you don't have grandchildren, they're waiting on you. There are things that cannot happen until you get up and do what God has called you to do. Sometimes we say we're waiting on God, but so often God is waiting on us. What is it on the inside of you that is lying dormant? Have you been using your gifts to your full potential? When I wasn't podcasting for over a year, this podcast was laying dormant. It wasn't dead, though. No matter how much I believed it was dead, no matter how much I believed I wasn't going to get back to it, God said, it needs to rise from its dormancy, my daughter. This is your time. This is your season. There's many things that God has called you to do. And I know sometimes it can seem overwhelming, but I want you to take it just one step at a time. And I want you to give God your yes on today. And I want you to say, Lord, whatever it is that you ask me to do, God, I will do it. You have my yes. You have my obedience. Lord, you have me. You have my heart. God, I'm going to pursue you like you pursued me. God, I'm going to choose you like you chose me. God, you're not a father that deserves partial custody of me, but I'm going to fully give myself over to you, relinquishing control over my life into your hands. I know this sounds scary. Um, It sounds like I'm putting such a big emphasis on this, but I'm doing it because it's so important, you guys. There are some of you that have such amazing things lying on the inside of you, waiting for you to say, okay, God, I give you all the dormancy, all the things are lying dormant on me, and I'm asking for you to awaken it. I'm asking to use every gift that I have on the inside of me up to its full potential. And we have no idea where that's at because we think we put limits on ourselves, uh, but God doesn't. We try to put limits on God, but we can't. We try and say, oh, um, well, I seen what God did for that person, but I don't think he'll do it for me. You know, that person was x y and z that person was this or that that person always had that gift well you may have that gift too but you won't know until you turn your life over to christ and be obedient to what it is that you are called to do in the season you're called to do it thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast i really appreciate you all if it touched you if it blessed you i pray that you share with a family member or a friend i have the scriptures that are quoted down below um just go forth y'all go forth put on the full armor of god and allow god to use you god bless